Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pimp Your Brilliant. I'm so glad that you're here. This is episode number 82, and you can find show notes and additional details at pimpyourbrilliance.com backslash 82. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to invite you to check out a new training that I just released called How to Create Your First Digital Product in Five Steps. I'm sharing for the very first time my perfect product framework, which is the five steps I use every time that I sit down to create a new product. So if you want to take this training, you can check it out by going to pimpyourbrilliance.com backslash workshop. Put in your email address and you'll be redirected to the training. And this is an on-demand training, meaning that it's available right away. You don't have to wait for me. You don't have to come back at a specific time. You can watch it on your own time at your own leisure. Just be advised that once you do sign up, the recording is available for a limited time. But if you want to check it out and learn how to create your own digital product, in these five steps, I definitely encourage you to sign up. There's a lot of really great information that you can use to take action right away and get started on a product. And I would love to see what you create. Of course, there's also an opportunity for you to learn how you can work with me, but that's not required. That is a bonus if that's something that you like to take advantage of. So again, pimpybrilliance.com backslash workshop. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Ricky of AuntieRick.com about systems and productivity for solopreneurs. This is a topic that I come back to quite a bit because I receive tons of questions about productivity and how you can be more productive as a small business owner. And even though I have my own thoughts and there's plenty of episodes that I've done by myself about this, I love bringing on experts to talk about it as well and get an additional perspective. Here are a few details about Ricky or Auntie Rick as she's known on the internet. As the biz organize her, Ricky takes business owners from stressed and shrinking to cool, calm, and collecting their coins through tightening up their processes, policies, and productivity. She's also the creator of the Biz Organize Her Business and Operations Planner, which helps you develop and enhance your systems in six core areas. Ricky is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to getting your business back in together And she shared lots of great questions that you can ask yourself in order to tighten up your business. So make sure you have your phone or a pen and paper so that you can jot down a few notes, because there are some really great questions in here, as well as resources and details about systems that you may want to check out for your own business. So if you're ready like I am, let's get into it. Hi, Ricky. Welcome to the show. Hey, Monique. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. I'm excited to have you because we're going to talk about... One of the topics that people are always asking, I feel like we can never have enough conversations about productivity because people always want to know. I get a lot of questions from my audience about productivity, and I know systems and productivity are your expertise. They're also my jam. Um, I'm a systems nerd. So I think we're going to have a really good conversation. But to get us started, let's start at the top and share with us a bit of how you got started and what you do. Okay, so... I moved to Atlanta in 2005 and went to school for uh, TV and radio. And I started interning at Atlanta's V103. 
And during that time, I became (laughs) the unofficial assistant to the DJ that I was working with because he was new to the city and I kind of became his gatekeeper. And I turned that into my first freelance client or retainer. I was doing like executive assistant type stuff and web design. And then I left the radio station about a year later, but had picked up more web design clients. And I was doing web design full time from like 2007. Yeah. And from there, as I got more experience in designing for other people, because designing for yourself is one thing, but designing as a freelancer or an entrepreneur is a different ballgame. And what I noticed was I was having delays in web design because my clients didn't have a plan. They, they hadn't thought through their systems. They hadn't thought past getting a website launched. And what a general misconception is, oh, I just need a website. But your website should be um, like a an employee, right? It should be a 24-7 marketing machine for you. It should also, at this, at this point, at this stage, be um, an aid in helping you to be productive. So what I was finding was with web design clients is that I was doing a lot of operation strategy um, and goal planning and walking through the processes so that when they spent, you know, whatever amount with me, they were maximizing that investment, right? Because I'm not a, I'm not an inexpensive web designer. So it for me, it made sense that the value I was giving through web design made sure that my clients would make that investment back at minimum. Um, so when I asked questions like, what type of revenue are you expecting your website to help you generate? And they couldn't answer that question, then we'd have to stop and go through, um, you know, what that looked like, what services or products would they be offering if they needed help with pricing and all that kind of stuff. So I actually started with systems and processes as a web designer, as an add-on value to providing a web design service. Um, And so that's how I ended up in the consultant coach space Um, doing more of helping the planning part. Um, If we need to throw some web design in there later down the road, um, we do that. But that's basically how I got started as, as a freelancer. As far as productivity goes, do you prescribe to a specific productivity philosophy? Kind of. Yes, but I'm flexible. So (laughs) Um, I am a strong believer in knowing how you work, knowing when you're best productive and um, rolling with that. So, for instance, you'll you'll see and hear a lot of advice about, oh, you should rise at 5 a.m. and get your day started and blah, blah, blah. And that's 
that doesn't work for me because I'm usually going to bed between 5 and 7.30 a.m. So I know that my productivity hour, and I just tweeted this the other day, that I should just start my day at 12.48 a.m. Because one o'clock hits and the creativity spikes, I'm able to move things a lot faster. And it just, that's what works for me. And I use productivity tools such as like email scheduling and that type of thing to work, to, to support me in my non-conventional hours. So rather than send an email at two o'clock in the morning to my clients, I can schedule it to go out at a more quote unquote acceptable time. So knowing yourself and knowing when you're best productive, not just during the day, but during the days of the week um, for women, menstrual cycle can play a very large part in how productive you are. Just personally, there are certain times when I have my cycle and I cannot sit at my desk. I'm very fortunate to have the flexibility to say, okay, well, I can't do anything that I need to sit at my desk for today. So if I'm on the chaise or if I'm in the bed, I just do the task that I can do from my phone. Um, But yeah, that's the only hard and fast rule I have is, is know how you work best. And hopefully you are fortunate enough to know how you work best and have that work for you and be able to actually work how and when you work best. I know everybody doesn't, you know, have the flexibility or the privilege to do so. No, exactly. I, I've i been talking with people a lot about that recently. I call it leaning into your natural tendencies because we all have things that we do. Like you mentioned, you being, uh, you start, you go to bed at five and I'm like getting up at 5.30 to try to get in a workout before I start my day. I'm not a night person. I like at 7.30, it's, I start crashing. <laughs> and most, most days, I have to give myself a pep talk to stay up till nine o'clock because if I go to bed too early, then I can't sleep through the night and I'll end up waking up in the middle of the night and just being too wound up. So I have to like time it. But man, I'm telling you, if I could go to bed at 730 and sleep through the night, I would probably go to bed at 730. (laughs) It would not be a big (laughs) deal because I, at that time, I'm like, I'm spent for the day and I'm done. But, um, so I, I agree, really knowing where you kind of fall and, and how that works for you is super clutch. You mentioned that uh, email is one of the tools that you use to support you. And I liked how you phrased that, because I think a lot of times people think that productivity is the tools that we use. I'm going to be more productive because I have these tools or they want to know what tools are going to make me more productive. And that's not the case. It's the tools are in support of the habits that you already have or that you're using. But in the interest of sharing productivity tools, do you have any favorite ones? Yes, I do. (laughs) I have a few that I stand. The first is Dubsado. Dubsado is what I use to onboard, to issue quotes, to invoice, to follow up on invoices, to send my emails, to deliver certain parts of my services 
Um, I automate onboarding. I automate some parts of my um, coaching practice, all using Dubsado. Uh, it's definitely worth the amount of time that it takes to set up. Um, and I stand them forever. One of my favorite stories to tell about Dubsado is that when I first started using it, like they give you a free trial for three users. So it's not like you have 14 days to get set up and running. And then on the 15th day, you're finally got it to where you want to like it, but now you have to pay for it and you haven't really tried it out. Right. So you get your first three users for free. So the day I decided to set it up and pay for it, I did something I hadn't done for over a year, which was go to the nail salon and have a pedicure. Like I've been doing them in home for a minute because I just don't like to sit in the salon a lot. And while I was in the pedicure chair, enjoying the chair massage, I had not one, but two contracts signed and invoices paid while my phone was in my purse. So when I pulled my phone out after getting my pedicure, I made some money. Right. So, so that was like a, a lesson in making the investment and having that investment return tenfold because it literally was tenfold for me at the time. Um, my favorite other thing with Dubsado is that if you have really great marketing, but your onboarding lacks, you can miss out on money, right? So I had a former client come back for some work. She discussed what it was. I put the quote together and sent it to her and I had contract signed and invoice paid in eight minutes. Um, and I did that using Dubsado. And once I customized her quote and sent it off, I didn't have to do anything else because once she paid and signed the contract, then the form she needed was already sent to her. Right. It's it's what I like to call automatically. It's not magic. There's work behind it, but it does it automatically, automatically. My second favorite tool is uh, G Suite, which is the paid version of Gmail and, and Drive and that type of thing. I like G Suite a lot. I love it mostly for the Gmail feature. Um, because I can have, you know, multiple departments and emails and stuff just off of one account. And then I love Member Vault. Member Vault is a digital content delivery system. Basically, I sell or have for free my courses. I actually sold my first iteration of the Biz Organizer through Member Vault. It allowed me to not just sell the physical product, but have a digital portal portal for my customers so that I can have upgrades like digital versions of pages that were in the Biz Organizer available to them in one spot. And the reason I like Member Vault is that as your users or students are going through your material, they can rack up points and you can use those points for them to earn bonus products or, you know, whatever way you feel. But it's a way of gamifying um, your material and your content and it makes it fun and interactive. And then Dropbox is 
another favorite of mine. It is one of the tools I pay for because I need the storage space as a designer, but I also love it because I can have clients um, upload the files that I need so that it's one place and it's very easy for them to do. It's called Dropbox File Request. Um, So whenever I need people to send me something, I just say, here, put it in here and they can just go in and upload stuff. But it's it's a one way folder. So once they upload it, it's in there. They can't take it out and that type of thing. So that's like I'm kind of a control freak. So that's a control mechanism for me. And then ClickUp is what I use for uh, project management. Um, I also deliver other parts of my coaching program through that. It is comparable to Asana and Trello. I love all three, but ClickUp won my heart because um, in ClickUp, I can decide if I want to view like Asana or a view like Trello. Um, If you've ever needed custom fields in Asana, you know, you have to upgrade your Asana account and they only do it with a minimum of five seats. And I just don't have extra money to give people just for the sake of giving it to them. But ClickUp gives you access to all features and their premium, premium features. You have up to 100 uses for them. Those are the five that I like am down with the cause for. Like I champion them and not just because they're great tools, but they're great companies and they have great customer service. As somebody who is systems and processes focused, what are some systems that you think solopreneurs, particularly those who are starting out, need to have in place? Okay, so I have six. Yeah, there's there's six areas. Okay, it's yourself. The systems for yourself cover your mindset. How do you take care of yourself? Who do you call on when you have issues, when you just need to vent? Who do you call on when you need to share good news? Um, Because if you've been doing life long enough, you know you can't call everyone with your good news. Um, And you want someone who is going to be as happy as you are for whatever has happened. Not to say that everyone in your corner is a hater, but... There are some people who just get your level of excitement because they know what it is. Who do you call in an emergency? Who can you hand stuff over in an emergency? You need systems to cover yourself because if you're not covered, your business isn't covered as a solopreneur. The next element of systems you should have is for your brand. You can't keep your brand's definition in your head because it's, it makes it way too easy to stray from your brand message that way. So you define it, you write it down and you share it with those who represent you so that they know how to represent you as well. Then your plan and your plan is not just your goals for your business. It's not just your business plan. If you decide to have a business plan, but it's, you know, what are you selling? Who are you selling it to? How are you going to sell it to them? How are you going to deliver? Those are the questions that need answers. Um, Systems about your time. 
Look at how you spend your time when you're most productive, how you divvy out your time and how you protect your time. Your money, how you make it, how you count it, because that matters, how you spend it, if you're saving it and how do you grow it. And then your work. So your products and services, how you work, how you want things to happen, your customer journey, what happens. Um, I have an episode. So I did a I did a mini podcast that I'm going to add to this year. But I have an episode. My my most listened to episode is called your milkshake brings all the clients to your yard. But what happens when they get there? Right. Because you see people people have this grand marketing like they market their marketing is off the chain they have all the followers they get all the likes they get a lot of traffic but then you don't hear too much about the actual purchase process or the aftercare right because all of the focus is is stuck in marketing And that's where businesses fall off and fail because everything is focused on the marketing. Always be marketing, always be selling, but you always got to have a foundation to back that up. So like, you know, um, that episode is titled that as a play on Khaleesi's milkshake, right? So my question is like, so you got everybody in your yard, but what are you doing with them once they get there? Does the milkshake go sour? And I've actually had like business owners tell me I can get the clients, but then I lose them after I onboard them. That's a surefire way to not have repeat business. And it's easier to get repeat business than it is to get new business. So you got to make sure not just your marketing is on point, but your onboarding is on point. Your service delivery is on point. Your offboarding is on point. So those are the six areas, yourself, your brand, your plan, your time, your money and your work. That's how that's how I differentiate them. Okay, so I'm going to add I'm going to add the link to the podcast episode that Ricky mentioned to the show notes. So, of course, if you want to find that episode, check the show notes because the link will be there. Okay, so let's talk a bit about productivity mistakes, because we all know. We're making them, some of us more so than others. Are there any common themes that you see when it comes to productivity mistakes amongst your clients or even like other creative neighbors? Yep. And we touched on it um, earlier about people thinking that it's the tools that make you productive, but the tools are the supporting character in in your business story. Um, That's a biggest mistake. I see people making because it's, oh, I see this person is successful. Let me find out what they're using. It's not what they're using and that's making them successful. It's how they use it. It's the plan that they have that assists them into using it. And so what happens is you'll go and ask people for recommendations, but they know nothing about your business and how you run it. You barely know about your business and how you run it. And so you're asking for recommendations. It's like you're moving. Okay, let's say you're moving house and you're asking people for recommendations for someone to help you move. And you need someone with a 20 foot truck and you end up with somebody with a compact SUV or 
you end up spending all this money for an email delivery system. You haven't even you haven't built your list. You haven't you haven't gotten into the art of being consistent in talking to your audience, whether it's one person on your list or a thousand. Um, And you're just flushing money down the toilet because you're paying for this tool because someone told you you should use it. Spending 40, 50, 60, 100 dollars a month and you're not even generating revenue. That's bad business out the gate, especially when you don't have a cushion, an operational budget. A lot of us and self included. Right. A lot of us start businesses for free or for low startup costs. And we use all the free tools and everything. And then we get stuck. Because we don't, we either don't invest in in the right tools for us or the right person to help us. We want to freebie everything. Um, and we don't have an operational budget as a cushion. And that operational budget is for your tools. It is for you to hire someone to help you out, e- either month to month or task to task or quarter to quarter. Right. Um, You don't have to hire people on an annual salary to help you out. I have a young lady who like I just needed stuff posted to my blog. I needed stuff posted in my member vault. I needed stuff um, set up. It was all written. But me getting it to those different platforms was just becoming like an extra task or you'll hear somebody call that a, a $1 task. I have a young lady I hire for five hours and she's knocked them all out for me in three. Another productivity mistake we make is thinking we have to do it all ourselves or just because we can do it all ourselves, we do. That's not that's not growth mentality. You can't grow at that rate. I have a very vast skill set. I have a lot of experience that supports that. I'm not trying to do it all. I'm a lady of convenience. I love convenience. If it comes down to, oh, I could do this myself or I could pay somebody to do it for me. I don't have to look at it. Child, let me tell you, if I had the disposable income, I would be outsourcing everything. Everything. My cooking, my cleaning, my driving, my shopping. Like, I want to do it. Let me sit here and think up all the great things and find all the great people to execute them for me. So the first let me let me try and recap that, because I can go on and on and on for days and we don't want that. Right. (laughs) So. (laughs) So the first one is putting the tools before your process. You have to map it out. You have to. And that saves you time. It saves you money. Um. As an example, people like to use certain website builders because they're free or $30 a month or whatever, but they outgrow them quickly because it's not what they need long term. And that's cool, right? But not knowing what that is you're trying to do, where are you trying to go? Okay, I want to start a business. Okay, so what's your goal with that business? How much money are you trying to? make? Who are you trying to serve? And what is the best way for you to deliver 
Like those are the questions to ask yourself before you start spending money or time learning a platform that isn't going to support where you're going to grow. That's the that's the biggest mistake. It's just putting the tools before your process or the platform before your process. If we want to do alliterations. I want to ask you about your biz organizer, because I know that is a product that you created. And I saw you tweeting about it last year, like as you were getting in the beginning part, the I guess the early stages of getting it produced and, and sending out the first round. So how did that idea come about? Uh, basically, the biz organizer is the first step in coaching with me, put on paper, because I was finding that I was I was getting coaching clients and they didn't have those six systems in place. And I'm like, okay, I can go through this with everybody every time or I can give them something to work on before they get to me or another coach if if that's how they so choose, but they'll have those pieces in place already. So when they get into a coach in the coaching um situation, the groundwork has already been laid and they can hit the ground running. And I know that not everyone is going to be in a position to hire a coach to work with one-on-one. Well, the biz organizer is having a coach in your hand and on your screen because it's a it's a hybrid. It's a physical book and there's a digital portal that goes along with it. When I wrote it and when I designed it, that's the angle I was coming from. Like, whether you can afford me or not, whether you end up working with me or not, I want you to be able to get those foundational pieces done and start it so you can get some relief. And if you decide to upgrade to a coaching program, then you, we can we can spend that first month in actual action rather than building that foundation because you already have it. And once it's laid, it can be changed. That's the beautiful part of it. You just don't have to go all the way back to the beginning once you use it. All right. Well, that is awesome. Okay. So we're towards in here, and this is always my favorite part of the show, which is the Pen Brilliance Action Challenge. And in the interest of all of the crazy that's happening in the world right now, Ricky brought up a good point that there are a lot of people who are working from home for the first time that are not used to it. So she's going to offer three tips to boost your productivity if you're new to working at home or you're working at home for the first time. Okay, so here's a couple of things that I suggest if you're new to working from home, working remotely um, and have a dedicated space if you can. Um, try not to set up work in the space. As much as possible, keep the workspace separate from your rest space. So have a look around where you're going to have to be working. And maybe, you know, maybe you don't have an extra room. Maybe you don't have an extra closet. Maybe you don't have an extra corner. Just try as much as possible to have a to separate your workspace from your rest space. And rest space doesn't 
isn't just sleeping. It can be where you sit on a couch to watch Netflix. The second actionable tip is to have a household meeting. If there are other people in your household, you need to have a meeting with them. Schedule it, put it in your calendar, and let them know what this now means during this time. Um, whether it's because because of uh, a pandemic or there's a shift in your job and you're now working from home, have a household meeting. Lay out your boundaries, um, how you expect things to run. Get everyone in the household on board. Now, pets and children, it might take a little bit of work, but have a household meeting. Okay. Then the other part to that is to have clear work hours and non-work hours. Work days and non-work days, okay? You cannot sit at your desk, at your space, at your workspace 24-7. If you have other people in your household, that is not going to go over well. So have be clear about the hours that you work. Be clear about the hours that you don't work. Write them down. They are adjustable, so they don't have to be set in stone, but just know that you need to make it clear. If, you, if you're if you working from home because of your nine to five um, and having to stay inside because of coronavirus, then communicate with those on your job who, who uh, make the rules, so to speak, so that you are all clear on your work hours and your non-work hours. If you have littles, you know, if you've got kids, um, one thing I used to do uh, when my daughter was a lot younger and she was out for the summer and hanging with me, I would do, I would work up until 10 or 11 in the morning. And then from 11 in the morning to 8 p.m., that was her time. So that's the time we went out. We did whatever. And I just had to make it work. So those three things, dedicated workspace where you can, if you can, have a household meeting so that everybody is on board and be clear about your your working hours and your non-work hours and communicate them. Those are the three things I challenge you to do if you're new to working from home. Awesome. And then finally, have you read any good books recently that we should know about? Okay, so my book list is kind of short. I just received Power Shift by Damon John. That's his new book. Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer was a good one. And The Abundance Code by Julie Ann Cairns. And Abundance Now by Lisa Nichols. I enjoyed those. And they actually helped get my business brain growing. Um, and The Power of Broke by Damon John. Also, um, that's like a collection of stories of business owners you may or may not know that I found really interesting. And then April Walker who was the creator of Walkerware, 
has a book called Move Your Bleep Off the Couch. And if you're an older solopreneur, and by older, I mean like older Gen X, um, that book is is really good as far because it touches on those of us who had a really good time during the 90s and and this time around it's um it's it's been maybe a little hard for some of us um and it and it speaks to that like so if you were you know in high school and college entering the workforce in the early 90s um April Walker's move your bleep off the couch is is a good one. Okay. So then I'll make sure that we make a list uh, for your episode on the show notes. And then finally, how can listeners get in contact with you? I am Auntie Rick, A-U-N-T-E-E-R-I-K on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can find me that way. Um, and my site is com. All right, you guys. So there it is. Uh, make sure you reach out to Ricky if you have any questions or just let her know what you thought of her episode. And that's it for this one. So until next time, go out there and pimp your brilliance. <laughs>